Let's take a break from nitpicking and critiquing the team after the Texas game, and uh, let's talk a little bit about following the future. Let's get into some recruiting talk. Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. This is Luke Rock. I, I have just messed this up from the start, but I'm not going to change it. I'm going to say, hey, everybody. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? If Will Anderson can commit four penalties in one game, you can do that. That was just – I got a text as I was starting, and it just sort of threw me all – I mean, it just discombobulated me. It was like uh, crowd noise. Um, Jimmy, let's take a break today from just visiting, rehashing, double hashing the Texas game, which we won, by the way. Um we did win, so let's not let people forget that. Oh, and uh, there, I think is that. there is that, which is important. Um, let's talk a little bit about recruiting. Um, and Andrew Bone from On3, your cohort, had a great article, some recruiting nuggets last night uh, that came out. And one of the ones he was talking about was Jalen Hill, who is from the state of Texas. He's going to come down to Alabama and Texas. I believe he was at the game this past weekend. He does consider Alabama – to be wide receiver you, which, you know, is a very fair take considering some of the wide receivers we have. At the same time, look, if I'm a wide receiver and I look at Alabama on Saturday, I say, well, first of all, I mean, you got to think Jermaine Burton's going to go pro, even though he didn't have the best game in the world. I understand that against Texas. But I would look there and say, man, there's a lot of opportunity for me here. Uh, Jalen Hill, uh, some people have asked us when we talk about a recruit list, run down some of the measurables and, and some of the accolades. He is a four-star recruit on on three consensus. He is the number 54 player in the country. He is six feet and a half inches, 185 pounds, uh, very fast, very good wide receiver. And I know Alabama would love to have him. He'll be making his commitment later this month. Yeah, I really like our chances here. Uh, hey, Bone says it, you can believe it. Um, I like Jalen Hale a lot because he checks so many of the boxes. When I watch his tape, I'm like, he's the ultimate possession receiver. And I mean that as a compliment. Um, Jalen has a, a really good catch radius. He's long. Uh, he has really good uh, hands. Uh, he'll catch anything. Uh, he's a guy that's going to convert third downs. He's a guy that's going to be really good in the red zone. He makes contested catches in traffic. So I look at, at him and I'm like, this guy's a possession receiver extraordinaire. Well, then you look at track times and uh, and then here and there, you catch a glimpse of him in the, in the open field at full speed. And you're like, wow, for a possession receiver, he can really run. So in that sense, he reminds me of Jermaine Burton. It's funny you mentioned, because I think that's a pretty good comp. And uh, I know that won't be popular coming off of, of what I, I hope will be Jermaine Burton's worst game of the year. Uh, against Texas when I think we only had like one catch for 10 yards or two catches for 10 yards. Uh, but Jalen Hale is a lot like Jermaine Burton. He is a natural possession receiver because of his length, his catch radius and his hands. Uh, but if you, if you just, you know, stereotype him as a, Oh, he's a possession receiver. People hear that and they think, Oh, he must not run really, really well. Uh, he does. He, he can, he can motor. He, he can really go. So, 
uh, he'll be a good uh, deep threat as well, and 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 a vertical uh, a vertical threat. So it would be a big pickup. Uh, I can tell you this: uh, three, four, five months ago, this kid is a lock for Texas. Everyone in the industry thought uh, he's going to Texas. Forget it. If he doesn't go to Texas, maybe he goes to A and M. But he made a trip to Alabama. Uh, him and his family loved it. They've been to Texas after the Alabama trip. He still likes Alabama. Uh, I, I think this one's going to be Alabama, and I'm really excited about it. He does commit later this month. What date is it, Jimmy? Do you remember? Off the top of my head, I would tell you the 21st, but I might be getting him and Jordan Renaud mixed up. Well, Jordan Renaud is where I'm going to go next, uh, but I want to finish up on Jalen Hill if we're here for a second. Um, you know, that's I, I said we're done critiquing that game, but that's one thing I want to go back to on the Texas contest. Man, I, I think I remember Bryce Young dropping back for a deep pass maybe once, maybe twice. But we didn't attempt a lot of deep passes. I mean, do we just not have somebody that we feel comfortable taking the top off the defense? I mean, it's so funny because I can guarantee you, everybody listening to this podcast, uh, Ja'Cory Brooks could outrun you in a 40 and beat you by 10 yards. I, but I, in the in the recent Alabama history, uh, Ja'Cory Brooks, uh, Jermaine Burton, all those guys, Trayshawn Holden, they're probably – not nearly as fast as, say, Devontae Smith, certainly not Henry Rugg, certainly not Jalen Waddle, probably not Jerry Judy. Um, I mean, so maybe we just don't have anybody to take the top off of the defense, and that's why we need Tyler and JoJo back ASAP. I think we do need JoJo and Tyler back. Uh, that's going to be very helpful, and they are coming back. Aaron Anderson also, who's been practicing lately, he should be back soon, as we know JoJo and – and uh, Tyler Harrell around October 1st, it will be big to have them back. But I don't know why there wasn't many deep shots taken. Maybe, they, uh, you know, I, I don't know why. Um, but I, I would look at the starting lineup. I mean, in terms of what receivers are playing the most, uh, we know Treshawn Holden is not really a vertical guy. I mean, that, that he's not a deep threat. We know Ja'Cory Brooks. Uh, he's not a 4-4 guy. He's he's probably not what you'd call a deep threat, though he can make plays down the field. So can Holden. Jermaine Burton, we've sort of pigeonholed him as a, as a John Mechie type. But just like Mechie, we know Burton can get vertical. Uh, I would say the best vertical threat among the guys that are playing regular snaps is Kobe Prentice, uh, and he's 18 years old. Uh, there's also issues we're having with protection up front. As you know, whenever you're going to run a deep route, you got to give the quarterback time because it takes – it takes a minute even for the fast guys to get way the heck down the field. So you have to have really good protection. Uh, and, and I really think, Luke, the problems with the pass game start with the run game in the sense that when since we're not – we haven't established a run game, no one is fearing a run game, uh, it's easier to defend the vertical pass when you're not worried about getting gashed by the other team's run game. So uh, I think if we improve in the run game, all of a sudden some of those deep pass plays will be there. 
Jimmy, I need to go ahead and tell everybody about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchup news, podcasts, including this year's opening week games and beyond. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online is where the game starts. And I can't emphasize enough. Super easy, super fun. Go to betonline.net today. Jimmy, um, again, I said I'm not going to do this, but I'm going to do it because I was able to watch last night uh, that safety, non-safety play uh, yeah. with uh, Bryce Young. And I got to say, in the end, everybody – complained that this should have been, and I, I guess somebody just cut the lights off at your house. I don't know. But uh, anyway, no, there you are. Now you're done brightened up. But uh, in the end, they got it right, but it was such a long way to do it. You know what it was? It was a common core officiating call. Uh, Nate Bargizzi, who's one of my favorite comedians, always talks about um, doing common core math. And he said how frustrating it is. And he's like, what's really frustrating is it takes forever to do one problem. And in the middle of the problem, you go, hey, there's old math right there. Just do that from the start. Why, why not just do that to begin with? And it's so much easier. The officials in on that particular play called targeting and roughing, and roughing the passer. Okay. Then it was clearly explained by the official that Fox has in the booth. If you call roughing the passer, that cannot be reviewed. Well, they reviewed it. It was wrong to call roughing the passer or targeting. That's that's indisputable. But they called it, and they can't review it. So what they said was, eh, I kind of misheard the other official. It wasn't really roughing, which is BS. But I'm okay with it because it's correct. I'm okay with it. I don't, I don't want to make a habit of it, but I get it. At the same time, it wasn't grounding because he was able to throw it. There was somebody in the area, and it did hit a Texas helmet. So – Bottom line, it was never supposed to be a safety. Never. So anybody complaining about that, get over it. They The officials screwed it up from soup to nuts, but somehow got it right. It's one of those moments where you say you fell out of a well. That's exactly what they did. They fell out of a well. Um, I like now, that break. That was very good. We won't talk about this anymore. It's done. <laughs> so one, more point, one more point about that although I think you broke it down excellently. I agree with everything you said there. Uh, I, I wish college football would go to a rule because it drives me nuts, and I know this would have worked against Alabama on that play, but it, it just drives me nuts, and I, I just don't think it's fair. I think college football should move more to an NFL in-the-grasp rule. I think when a quarterback is rendered 99% helpless because he is in the grasp of a defender – the play should be blown dead. You should not be able to, as a quarterback, be tackled and drugged to the ground and a millisecond before you hit the ground, flick the ball forward, claiming you're attempting to, to, to complete a pass. No, all you're doing is attempting to fool the referee into your attempt. I, I think once you're in the grasp firmly, uh, you're, you should be blown dead. It's also a player safety uh, situation too. So I, I, I wish college football would go to that neither here nor there. Cause we don't have an in the grass rule right now. So it had nothing to do with what happened with Bryce in the end zone on Saturday. Uh, but I, I just, I just don't like it when those, 
balls are called incomplete passes when not only is he doing it to prevent a sack, he's literally sacked. Jimmy, let's talk about Jordan Renault. This is another guy that's going to be committing uh, in the month of September. Um, he is fresh off an official visit to the Oklahoma Sooners. Here is something I want to read a couple of quotes. This is straight from the on three board. Andrew Bone, again, doing some fantastic reporting. Jordan Renaud, uh, as a, I try not to forget to run down these guys a little bit. He is number 67 in the on three consensus, uh, four star kid, six, three and a half, 245 pounds edge rusher from Tyler, Texas. Uh, I, I want to just read a couple of quotes. I thought these were good. Um, he said, Alabama is in the final two because I feel like they've been the perennial powerhouse since I was born, which is true. <laughs> they've been very prominent in college football, and I like the way they win. He, uh, he was talking about Freddie Roach. He said, Freddie said that if you come here, meaning Jordan, you're going to work. You're going to be pushed by your competition. You're going to be pushed by your coaches, and you're going to be pushed by your teammates. You're going to be pushed by everybody. All the glitz and glamour is going to come. If you stay in the mud long enough in the dark, by the time you reach the light, you're going to be gold. Uh, uh, Aristotle called and wants his quote back. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> that's a good recruiting right there. Uh, Jordan Renaud, now a little different than Hale. I'm, I'm optimistic on Renaud, and I think we have a lot of reason to be optimistic, and he may very well choose Alabama. I'll just say I'm more optimistic on Hale than I am Renaud. Uh, Renaud is very serious about Oklahoma and it's closer to home for him or his current home. I think the kid's originally from Florida, to be honest, his dad is a coach and he moves around. Um, I, I, I like, uh, I like Renaud a lot. I hope it's Alabama. I think it might be Alabama. If I'm asked today, where's Jordan Renaud going? My answer is Alabama. I'll just say that my answer is with lesser degree of confidence than I am about Hale, uh, I think Renaud is more serious about Oklahoma than Hale is about Texas. That's my read as of as of right now. But uh, but my guess is Alabama. Uh, I'm just a way. I, I think I think here's where you know three months ago I'd have told you Hale's going to Texas and Renaud's going to Alabama. Now fast forward, I think Hale's going to Alabama and Renaud might go to Alabama. Uh, but but no, my guess is Alabama. But ooh, that's uh, it's tight with the Sooners. Uh, it is kind of funny because um, Andrew Bone says he's going to Alabama. At least his prediction yeah. is Alabama. Now, yeah, right. let me ask you this. So, so is my. I want to make it clear. So is my my prediction. I'm just saying that that's with less confidence. I, I have a lot of confidence in the Hale thing. I have less confidence in the Renaud thing. But my prediction is Alabama. All right, question. Which one do you think Alabama needs more? Renaud. Uh, just simply because of defensive line recruiting, the, uh, not at this moment, not landing Peter Woods, not landing Kelby Collins. Uh, I think defensive line is a greater need today. Uh, I think as players, I would rank Renaud and Hale very similarly. And as you went over in the on three consensus rankings, they are ranked similarly nationally in terms of like who's the better prospect. They're within just really a few spots of each other. Uh, I, I would go Renaud. But, uh, hey, I'll be very excited to get Jalen Hale. No doubt about it. He's a top 100 receiver. Yeah. I, boy, I'm kind of the other way. I I feel like we're going to get James Smith. I feel like there's an outside chance we get Peter Woods. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm I'm so concerned about the dynamicism. Is that a word? Of our wide receivers right now? 
Um, That's easy coming off that performance. I, I just think one thing for people panic about receivers, I, I like our true freshmen. We're, we're just so spoiled into thinking great true freshman receivers look like Calvin Ridley and Julio. Uh, hey, you know, Devontae Smith, who's the best receiver to ever play at Alabama, caught, what, six balls his freshman season? Now, one of them was maybe the most important catch in the history of college football, <laughs> the two at a Smitty play when he was a true freshman. But I think that was literally the sixth or eighth ball Devontae had caught the entire season. Uh, that's right. And, and that that's what gifted true freshmen look like. I mean, they're, they're learning. Kobe Prentice has learned. Kobe Prentice has already caught more balls than Devontae did in his freshman season. Uh, give these guys some time. And, uh, you know, again, I, I, I think just we're making too much of what happened in Austin. And, and, and I, but hey, it's called football this weekend. We're going to make too much of what happens against Monroe. Jimmy, let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, I got a couple other questions and also going to talk about some of the performances of some of our commitments from last week. So I want to ask you, Jimmy, really quickly before we talk about some of these um, performances of, of Alabama commitments from this past weekend, would you change any of your predictions SEC wise? right now um get two weeks into the season yeah uh yes uh i'll tell you lsu and their abysmal performance against florida state surprised me i would knock lsu down i would even knock Ole miss down a little bit because of their quarterback situation they're going into week three and and don't have a quarterback they're still deciding uh i thought a&m was going to be good uh I fell for that again, uh, uh, that they have a quarterback issue. Those three are down. Kentucky is once again better than I thought, and this makes about five years in a row. Congratulations to Mark Stoops for also making me wrong again. I wasn't saying Kentucky was going to be five and seven or six and six, but I didn't see a nine-win season or a ten-win season, and today you'd have to say that Kentucky is on course for a ten-win season. Uh, But most of the league – Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Arkansas, uh, those look like the four best teams to me, and and that's not a surprise. Oh, I thought you were I thought I thought you were still talking. No, well, I was <laughs> thinking of I was thinking of, of of who else I would want to mention. Oh, Mississippi State may be a little better than I thought. And and Auburn, uh, I told you I, I I wanted to say Auburn would be four and eight, but I knew I would just come across as some sort of Barner, Hayton, Bama, Bammer, Homer <laughs> to say that, but I really thought Auburn would be bad and 24-16 over San Jose. And I, I, I think Auburn will lose to Penn State on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that Auburn's got a good season coming up. All right, so let's talk a little bit about some of the performances from this past weekend. You know, Richard Young, his first few games, I mean, rather pedestrian, really. I mean, it he had some nice runs, had some nice moments. But, I mean, every time I was looking up, he wasn't even getting 100 yards. Well, he changed that this past weekend. He had 285 yards, three touchdowns, and a 26-20 win over Lake Gibson uh, in Florida. So, uh, that's the kind of performance you expect out of a five-star running back. Eli Holstein was 15-22 for 216 and four tit- tutties. I like to say tutties every now and again just to mix up my vernacular. Be careful. Get on trouble locked on. He added 10 carries for 76 yards and another score. So that was a very um, Bryce Young-esque performance. And before I go on, you know, I had this thought too. 
we got enough concerns about 2022 to not worry about 2023. But next year, Bryce Young will be gone. Um, and, man, I was thinking, gosh, if we had any other quarterback in there this particular weekend, we lose. I mean, Bryce Young had to bring us back. And that's a great point. Man, I'm 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 getting nervous now because I mean I've heard all these positive things about Jalen Milrow and I'm I'm sure he's really good. I liked what I saw against Utah State. Of course, it's Utah State. He's he is a physical specimen. Um, Michelangelo would have would have carved him. I'm sure he would have probably enhanced some areas that maybe he didn't enhance as much on David. <laughs> well, we are, and now we're in trouble. Locked on. <laughs> I I didn't mention anything specific, um, but. Uh, you know, I, I'm just a little nervous. I mean, man, Bryce Young's back there running for his life. And because he is just a – he's really Nightcrawler from the X-Men. He just teleports everywhere. You don't see what's happening, and he's just gone. Um, That's a great point goodness. about experience at quarterback and how valuable it is, not just how great Bryce is, but the experience. And, and you're right. I mean, we are going to talk ourselves before next fall into being really excited – about Milrow or Ty Simpson, whichever one it is, and I like both. I think both are going to be really good. Uh, I'm excited about both. But, hey, I'm just if, – if, if, if Bryce had uh, developed, you know, COVID or, or, or Ebola or monkeypox on the sidelines and couldn't come out for that last drive and it had to be Milrow or Simpson, we would have lost. And that has no, nothing no. – no, no negative thing about Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson. They're not ready for that. Bryce is more ready for it than anybody playing the sport. And frankly, he's probably more ready for it than 10 or 12 guys starting on Sundays. Uh, He's just absolutely fantastic in that particular scenario. And uh, yeah, that that's a loss. uh, If, uh, if one of our other guys had to do it now in 2024, might not be saying that, but 2023, we will. And I'm glad to know Eli Holstein, who's a big dude. I'm glad to know he's not a statue back there. He's right, 10 carries for 76 yards. I think that's positive because, I mean, hey, in today's game, you need a mobile quarterback and uh, that you need one that can really move around and shift around. I'll tell you something else, too. In in the moment, at the game, um, I felt like Bryce Young, you know, certainly his last drive was awesome, okay, and that last play where he ducked under the defender, that I mean, you can't teach that. But I watched a lot more of the game last night. He had so many great plays that just weren't – they ended up not being great plays because either they weren't completed because the receiver dropped them or something like that. But, man, he played really, really well. And we just don't know how good this cat is. He is so freaking good. And I I really believe this. An NFL scout is going to watch that game. You're going to look at his stats and say 215 yards, eh, you know, one touchdown, eh. Uh, NFL scouts gonna look at that game and go, um, that's the game that made me want to draft it. Yeah, the not, two minutes. Not the five touchdowns, one one touchdown rushing against Utah State. If I'm an NFL scout, and I'm, I'll never be one, but if I'm an NFL scout looking at quarterbacks, my first thing, I mean, the first thing I want to, if I'm talking about, hey, we need a quarterback in the first round, I want to know what they do in two minutes. That's the first thing. I mean, what do they do in two minutes? Because in the NFL, you know, there were seven games. I just happened to see the stat. Seven games in week one of the NFL were, devi- were were decided by three points or less. That's the first time in NFL history that's happened in week one. Seven games decided by three points or less. That means in half of the NFL football games played this weekend, there had to have been two-minute stuff by both sides to, to try to win it at the end. It's just – and, and it's, it's such a 
tough thing to do to perform under that level of pressure. You know, you're, you're competing against the clock, not just the defense, uh, rising the level of play from everyone around you. Uh, it's a big deal. But one, one final point on Holstein before we get out of here. Um, you know, when Holstein committed to Alabama, there was a ton of optimism. I thought Alabama fans might have gone overboard, getting a little too excited about I mean, I saw a whole lot of Holstein's better than Arch. Holstein's better than Malachi Nelson. Holstein's better than, than Nico Imaliva going to Tennessee. Uh, I saw all that back. And, and, and I, while I disagreed with some of the outrageous takes, I loved Holstein, and I was so glad that he's going to Alabama and still am. Uh, but I thought Alabama fans went a little overboard with how good they thought he was. Then the kid goes to Elite 11 and, and frankly, doesn't perform great, uh, didn't rank well among the evaluators at the Elite 11, sort of ranked, ranked you know, in the middle to lower end of the, of the 24 guys that were at Elite 11. And now Alabama fans are like, we're wrong. He's terrible. He's terrible. We made a huge mistake, you know. And, no, I mean, it, it, the, the truth is always in the middle. There, and so, in other words, he's come 180 degrees, full circle. He's gone from overrated to underrated, and he hasn't even enrolled in college. Uh, Eli Holstein's going to be a really good player because he has a ton of tools. He will need some coaching, and it might take a hot minute. I don't think he's going to show up like a Bryce Young, who didn't play much as a true freshman but could have. Uh, I, I, I think Holstein will be a little bit of a – uh, you know, in development type player, but uh, I, I'm I'm excited about him. Uh, his tools are are outstanding. Um, yeah, I don't know what made me think about this. One final thing, you know, we talk about Devonte Smith. By the way, I have Devonte Smith on my fantasy team. He was targeted four times, zero catches. I mean, the the passes weren't really they were targets, but they weren't near him. Um, I was so PO'd. I won both my fantasy games anyway because I got Pat Mahomes and I got uh, Saquon and Derrick Henry and Jerry Judy. I got a bunch of dudes. But um, Lord, you have all those on one team? Yeah, we only have eight players. So, um, but anyway, um, I was thinking about Devontae Smith and and how awesome his career is. I mean, not only as a wide receiver does he win the Heisman for the first time in a gazillion years, but you think about – I mean, he only had six catches. I think you're. I think it is six catches as a freshman. One of them wins the game against Mississippi State. One of them wins the national championship in a walk off. Um, and then he's also the first player to ever catch a collegiate touchdown pass from Bryce Young. He's caught touchdown passes from three NFL starters. No, four NFL starters. Right, and uh, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tungavailoa. Jalen Tua, uh, Mac. And Bryce. and Bryce. I mean, Bryce will be an NFL starter. I guess I should say that's that. Amazing. Um, now, that's really amazing. You talk about just, I mean, I, I would love to be Devontae Smith's grandson. And just one day he says, y'all just gather around. Let me tell y'all some stuff that I've done. I mean, that's pretty cool. So <laughs> you just want to be his uh, grandson anyway. because you'll be rich. <laughs> that's another reason I'd like to be his grandson. Is Can you adopt grandchildren? <laughs> Older, much wider grandchildren? <laughs> You can't adopt 50-year-old grandchildren. I'm a lawyer. I know that. All right, buddy. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening and making us your first listen. We appreciate you guys a ton. Please sure to hit that subscribe button. And until tomorrow, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.